0: Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in long-term sobriety. It is an inclusive show that does not represent or promote any specific programs of recovery. When my guests and I share about what keeps us sober, we are referring to exclusively our own unique experiences. Our goal is to provide inspiration for others who are struggling with addiction-related disorders and want to get sober.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I will be your host. Whether you have been here before or this is your first time listening, thank you so much for dropping in. For today's episode, I talk with Clay F, a dedicated member of Alcoholics Anonymous for 31 years. He is a loving husband, a godfather, a loyal friend, a podcaster, and author of The Sarcastic Big Book, Sarcastic Daily Meditations, and two new publications, the first two columns of The Four Step and the second expanded edition of The Sarcastic Big Book. Clay was first on my podcast nearly a year ago when I launched my show, and I'm so honored he is back to talk about what's been going on since January. So without further ado, Welcome, Clay F. Thank you so much for coming and joining my sober podcast community again. Mm -hmm. Um, So how are you?
2: Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm in the third step today, so um, I don't require anything from anyone. I'm just looking for opportunities to help in that makes the day pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, that's great. I do that too, and it helps me to get out of feeling anxious. That really helps with my anxiety.
2: Oh yeah, no doubt about it. It wasn't no. always like this, but I'm enjoying it now for sure.
1: Yeah, so um, just let's give a, I'm gonna give a quick background about Clay I found Clay because I thought his Instagram account was so hilarious with his sarcasm and about the big book. And I thought he was a girl, actually, because there was a picture of a girl holding the big book in front of her face. And I thought it was her. I'm like, oh, this this girl's so freaking cool. She's so funny. She has to be on my podcast. And then it turns out that, you know, <laughs> Clay is not a girl. So then, so we had a great, uh, like, I was at a di- totally different place in my, my, sobriety um when we met and so when after the podcast happened then COVID hit and then we you asked if I'd like to be a part of a step study and it scared the living daylights out of me but I felt so compelled to just say yes it like was just like vomited out of my mouth like yes and I did it and it was an incredible experience and um Clay um, took some of us. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but it was a group of people on Zoom, um, and he and another um, man took us through the the twelve steps through the big book, as it's laid out, as it's designed, as it was written. And um, I did this a, a month before my eight years in um, AA and I had the most extraordinary, extraordinary experience and my life has been changed so profoundly as a result. So I just wanna, <laughs> I can't not share this with my listeners because this happened while I was podcasting, while I continued to interview people and while going through COVID and quarantining and all that kind of stuff. And after I did it, my husband did it and he's not an alcoholic and he had a profound psychic change and he did give me permission to share this information. And so Clay um, has gotten to know my husband as an army and so we've become friends. And it's just, it just, um, I, I, it's just so amazing.
2: Um, first of all, when I first got sober, I was a girl. I was a beautiful woman actually, I had <laughs> really long, really long <laughs> long hair, it was very beautiful. I was a beautiful woman when I first got sober. I'm, I'm pretty public about that. <laughs> um, I look like Farrah Fawcett in like, except if she were like a heavy meddler. I was like Farrah Fawcett with gauntlets, but um <laughs> a dog chain around my neck. It was, um, that's just true. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, uh, when I was, I'm sober since 1989. I got sober, uh, on October 19th, 1989, and I was sober for uh, about two and a half years, and really um, miserable, and felt suffocated, and I was going to a lot of meetings, and I was taking people through the big book, and I was praying, and I was meditating, and I had had a spiritual uh, experience, and believed in God, although when I first came in, I was a atheist but um but I was still doing all these things and I was miserable and I didn't know why and the 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 obsession to drink returned and I was going to drink and everybody in the fellowship was telling me to drink people were saying I didn't do step one people were saying I haven't drank enough and this is before I understood that if a person's not spiritually fit according to the Big Book. It'll never seem like they did step one. That's the bathroom feature of alcoholism. The utter in, uh, inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish is what it says. But that was my experience. So anyways, I met a, I met somebody who, um, you know, God put somebody in my path who had initially had six years, relapsed, didn't know why. Had about 20 years at this point when I met him. It relapsed initially and didn't, didn't understand why and he, he said he used to always say I knew I missed something so he went through the big book in a non-linear fashion by subject instead of by chapter or by step and he and we had this really really extensive study that lasted one and a half two years to go through the subject and the first part of it was why are we studying the big book why are we not studying other and there were some fascinating and compelling reasons why. What that book did to this world is fascinating. 12 and 12 did no such thing, but we really talked about it and it was, it was amazing. And then we talked about why I studied the first 164 pages and we talked about that, that was compelling. And then we went through the book by subject and, and, and emerged with a message that is so, so simple and opposes so much of what is, Shared and passed down with the best intentions, but it's the message in the book is nobody should um, just to clarify a couple main points. Like, um, when when I went to Alcoholics Anonymous, I got a sponsor and <clears throat> I had a really good sponsor. Who passed away pretty recently, but I had a, I had a, him for thirty years, and he he made it really clear from the beginning that I was not going to rely on him. And at the at the time he was kind of a renegade for that because you know he didn't want me to call him every day back then. He had me starting on the steps really early. I was making my amends when I was 60, 70 days sober. I was sponsoring people about 80, something like that, days sober. And at the time I took a lot of flack from that, for that, from people in the fellowship. And um, but where I was going with all this is that the the message we emerged from. Uh, um, the message we emerged with from that study was um, so freeing and so don't follow anyone God is deep down inside of every man woman and child and strengthening your connection and developing a relationship with that is what allows somebody to be happy, joyous and free truly is when they're not You know, and I'm not saying, I don't know, everybody's different, some people are happy, people get well, despite the message being very different than what is in the book, but what's in the book is very, having done the workshop now since the summer, pretty much constantly, you see over and over again the relief, even though it's right in front of people, their whole sobriety, you see the relief, like, oh my gosh, it actually says, this and you feel people you feel their wings start flapping and uh, it's kind of incredible and i don't know it's all god i don't know i'm just one to do
1: it is like i after having done it i go every sunday like it's church to me and i get to see people have the same experience i did and it's it's literally like you can see this lightness about the people and which reminds me in the beginning, I wanted to dedicate this episode to my friend, Cindy. Um, I love her so much. <laughs> um, but it is, it is such an extraordinary experience to be able to, to watch that and to, it's, a, it's such an intimate experience and to have been doing it over, the, over Zoom. You know, some may feel that's like impossible to feel that way, but it's so true, it's so possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel, I mean, you and I have never met me, in person, obviously. I'm in one of the country, you're the other in the country. But you're a big part of my life. Your family's a big part of my life, my wife's life. Um, I feel, if you're listening, if you're actually listening, um, you know, the connection is an eternal thing and to see that on zoom these intimate bonds being formed it's awesome to be so connected to so many people on zoom and how connection is an inside thing and it's not yeah. really related to technology it has to do with like listening yeah so see all these people having connections and incredible bonds formed with people all over the world it's just
1: yeah it is it's astounding um and i i talk about it all the time i talk about the experience i've had and um the fact that it's you know just infiltrated my household and it's impacted the way my husband and i relate to each other um and how we parent our children and i mean that's that's the thing like it's just such a um I know that you shared with me that that was the experience you had when you first did this in ni-
2: 1991 or two? Yeah, 91, 92, somewhere around
1: there. Okay. And you did it this the way that you're doing it in the step study or a little bit shorter?
2: Oh my gosh, so much shorter. It was a, in 1992, was took two years, one and a half years to go through. Then I... Went through it a couple times like that, a few times, I think. And then I had the meeting in my house. And then I moved to New York City and had it there in my apartment. And then Dave, who does the workshop with me, he and I had it here. But I moved back here. And we had it down to about six months. And then the workshop started because someone who didn't end up showing up um, really wanted to go through. It's over a while, and felt like he was missing something. And really wanted to go through the way that uh, we had gone through, and and so his sister came instead, and that's our friend Maureen. But um, it's pretty wild.
0: Yeah,
1: so, so wild. So I want to talk about your three your books too, and mo- what compels you to. Write all of them, each one of them.
2: You know, I have uh, such a long story really, but, um, everybody has their own voice, you know? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was, uh, had a comedy show, and um, after this, one of these big comedy shows that I had done, somebody came up and said, uh, oh my gosh, you're, it's really recovery humor, you know? And I had never really thought about that. And, um, but, you know, laughter is a huge part of uh, my own sobriety. When I first got sober, I didn't think I'd ever laugh again. laughing at myself was something that took me a few years to be able to do, you know? I was just so tightly wound and... um, I don't know, I was just inspired to do all of it and continue to be inspired to do all of it. It's just, honestly, Sarah, it doesn't feel like it has anything to do with me, to be honest, it's just a thing.
1: I can identify with that so much because I mean, even though what, I haven't written any books, but like this podcast, for example, Never My Wildest Dreams, did I ever think that, like I ever thought I was like good enough or worthy enough to do something of this nature.
2: Right. Oh yeah, that, that, that's the thing that I wanted to share too about the podcast is that, that was my wife's idea because she said, you know, she doesn't have the same humor as me in this way. I mean, not exactly, but and she said, if you're gonna write these books, you know, put the clear cut, straightforward, you know, humorless, you know, message out there too. Do, do the podcast, but do it straight, simple, straight. Do it, you know, so the whole explanation of who you are is out there. So um, if you go to sarcastic.aa.book on Instagram, it's all sarcasm, you know? And But I just think that's so much more powerful and helpful for me. There's a If somebody comes up to me and says, um, dude, you should go help someone, you know, there's a there's 50 people who will say that to me today. But if somebody come up to me and said, definitely don't help anyone today, you know? <laughs> don't do that. It's fascinating because if somebody says, you say to somebody, don't help people. If you say, I'm sorry, if you say to somebody, go help someone, the first thought's like, no. Why? Or something like that, or don't <laughs> tell me, whatever. But if you say don't help someone, the first thought is, but I should but but that's wrong I need to I actually need to go we had a meeting yesterday at our home group and the theme was we not have the themes there sometimes mm-hmm. and the theme was you have to share sarcastic <laughs> and I let I let I let it and I was like you know what life sucks you know um, it'd be nice if God was bigger than like money things He's not and Everybody shared like that. It, it was people were dying laughing and it was so funny. But afterwards, my phone blew up with text saying I needed that so bad. Somebody texted me, a newcomer said, it made me realize how much I actually need this. And so that is at the heart of everything I do, to be honest, is that I for some reason am that guy who has that. <clears throat> humor and ability to deadpan it all kind of stu- <laughs> I and mean, I've always been that way and I've always noticed that it's more helpful but really I'm just a it's just really a parody all of them my favorite book is the uh, first two columns because that's just it's just so stupid it's, <laughs> it's just so the, the resentments are just you know it makes you think resentments are really
1: kind of know,
2: but it's funny. I mean, it makes me, I was, I was, I'm probably its biggest fan for sure.
1: And so you're deadpanning the fact that typically or a lot more over the years, people are instructed to write out a lot more in their, the first two columns than they really actually should.
2: Not really that, it's really just, just to drive home how not helpful the first two columns are.
1: <laughs> why? Well, what is What is the, tell us what is the most well, important?
2: Well, because if, if, you know, the important part is you're, they're not your inventory. That's why. It says we make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, but the first couple of columns are a trick to get us to be able to ultimately see some of the people we actually owe amends to, but it's a mm-hmm. trick. We're too selfish to know that right away. So it's just really funny to see. If, if, the, if you're going to spend so much time in the second column, let's look at how useful it really is and just put it on a poster. Have a daily affirmations calendar with it. It's trash. Yes. It's just trash. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny. I want to <laughs> I want to tell you one, one of my favorite ones that, um, nah, I'm not going to get into
1: it. Anyways.
2: I, <laughs> no, I want to read one. <laughs> you have the book. You have the book.
1: I do. And I was like, should I read one of them? And then yeah, I'm like, um, okay, so I'll, I just turned to the first one. Here's an example J- for June 23rd. I'm resentful at all spiders, the cause. What's not to resent? Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, but buy the book and laugh every day. It's, all three books are hilarious, but also very helpful, like Clay was but saying.
2: What comes out today, right now, actually, is the second edition. Of the book.
1: Oh, that's right. Sh- yeah. Can you tell us more about that?
2: You know, it's, it's, originally the Sarcastic B book was much longer, and I read it to a bunch of people, had some sessions with people, and it just did not need to be that long. It's too mean long. This one? Yeah, it does. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. You know, because a little one paragraph. There's a lot in one paragraph. It, it's after a while, it's like okay, 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 we get it, we get it. But the, the second edition is, I've had more time now to. The message is, I think, clear, and I think it's a lot funnier, and there's a couple new chapters that I'm just crazy about. One of them is called to sex partners and the other one's called in rehab afterward. And um, okay, I just, I'm, I'm really happy about all of it. Cause it's I'm just really proud. Of it.
1: It's all really funny and, and, and Clay is, is just naturally so funny and he makes everyone laugh so much, but you know, you listen to him on his own podcast, recovery radio, KMP3. Um, the link to that you can find it at his Instagram account or his website sarcasticbigbook.com right okay so the the um his Clay's podcast is amazing and he's put out you've put out what 124 episodes since
2: yeah
1: it's been a, a year and a half
2: it's been a little over a year
1: that's amazing and you have like what like weren't you ranked? I remember one the episodes you found out you were ranked. Yes, yeah, that's like yeah, a-
2: ranking. Yeah, it's um has almost fifty thousand uh, plays coming up on.
0: That's wild.
2: On, yeah. About it's coming up on about two thousand plays a week, and it's all God. I mean, I don't know. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's such it's such an amazing feeling. Um, I'm sure you know when somebody tells you that you're show helps them somehow it's the best thing in the world
1: oh yeah yeah
2: you know i didn't know i don't it's not like i was like yeah i want to do a podcast uh, you know i can't wait to do a podcast i really into to podcast i'm not i'm not that guy at all but my wife is like dude hmm. um, and i understand more and more now why she wanted me to do that because um i was on a podcast i've already mentioned this on my own show but i was on a podcast recently, and, and this is kind of a common thing people expect when they meet me that I'm really going to, not everybody understands that I love AA.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I spend yeah, you do most of my free time taking people through the big book, mm-hmm. most of my free time. And I am crazy about AA. It's not nothing to be rewarded for, a pat on the back. That's my obligation and duty, but a lot of people don't. It's just a really well-rounded message with the books and then my show. Because if you listen to my show for five minutes, you're like, okay, actually loves recovery. Because I love recovery.
1: You do. You yeah. Do? It's amazing. It is. I know. It's amazing. It is, it's so fucking amazing. Cuss on your show, I oh, was just
2: gonna, I guess you do.
1: Yeah, yeah, you oh. asked me that the first time on episode six, he said, yeah. like, can I cuss? And I remember I'm like, he said cuss.
2: You know what? I stopped cussing on my show. Why? Because of my godsons.
1: Oh, do they listen? Yeah.
2: To your show? No, but I just thought. I, for some reason, I just had the thought. You know, because I love cussing, <laughs> and I, when I'm in the right company, I'm. I mean, I just, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love to do it. Sometimes it's very effective, but I cuss a lot. But I was just thinking. You know, if my god, I, I don't know. I just something about the thought of. <laughs> Them, I want their parents to be able to listen to it with them in the car.
1: oh
2: So I stopped doing it. I never said anything about it on the show, but just, I think it's been a minute now. It's yeah. Been, about thirty episodes, but I can cuss on this fucking show.
1: So. Yeah, you fucking can. <laughs> Not everyone does, but that's okay. Um, you know, so I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time. I'm like five behind because you you just throw them out there like you do them every day like and 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 it's it's very comforting and i have to say like during covid especially when there's a lot of fear there's a lot of fear going on and watching people relapse hearing of people committing suicide hearing these awful things you know with children really struggling in the schools i know i'm experiencing a lot of this stuff personally um you know, and and I have to say, like, f- for as funny as you are, you were equally, if not more, just so compassionate and loving, and it comes across in your podcast. And then the way you, do, you know, like in the time I've gotten to know you, and 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 see you work with others, and and how you how you talk about the big book and explain it and so so simply, but then the second, like, you, like the second, like, I feel like, okay, this was so profound. You get funny. Like you turn funny on and then, <laughs> and I just burst out laughing. Like, as I'm driving to pick up my son, you know, the Cameron at his school, like that's when I listen to your podcast and anyway, so that's it's, awesome. it is, it's a beautiful mix of comfort because you're, you're always saying to people, at the end, like, I just want to say, we say, I just want to tell you if you need to hear, everything's going to be okay. And like, and just thinking about it, if I think about that, like, I just feel so much better because pe- people are struggling. People are really struggling. Um, All right,
2: you know, and, and go ahead.
1: No, no, go, go, go.
2: No, I was just going to say, you know, because um, I know I, we don't have that much longer here. I want to talk about this year a little bit, you know, because you and I talked before, we want to talk about it a little bit. 2020 and, um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of all the, the pain and the suffering that are going on the fear. And the, um, there's just so much fear and there's so much hurt. So many people that I know are hurting. Almost everyone I know yeah, are hurting. And I know people who have, uh, have loved ones die or become very sick and, and, and losing their businesses and have lost their businesses. I've known there's just a lot of that going on. And and so what I have tried to do with uh, the peace and comfort that has been afforded me through the ongoing application of the principles in the 12 steps is I have tried to use this as an opportunity to demonstrate God's omnipotence. Like to me, my job is unchanged. It doesn't matter. I had a stroke a year ago. That didn't matter. I've lost everything in sobriety. doesn't matter. I have one box I'm supposed to carry, I guess. And that box is I'm to be of maximum service to God and to everyone around. Me. And that means I have to carry that box through a pandemic. I have to carry that box through peaceful times. I have to carry that box through, that's the only job I have is how I feel about it. So what I tried to do, When all this started was, I just asked, just prayed and meditated on, you know, show me how I could turn this experience into something uh, that shows your love and way of life somehow is helpful to someone. Because, you know, as Dave likes to say, you know, there's billions of people on the world and our job is to only not think of one of them, you know? And sometimes, that's really hard. Sometimes there's grief and there's yeah. trauma and there's people who are legitimately going through some um, serious big things. But a lot of times it's just a change in perspective that is all that's needed where that's the case for me. I'm healthy today and, and uh, I have my faculties about me. and I have a peaceful home and I have a beautiful marriage and I'm really in a position today to spend most of my time trying to make this situation beautiful for someone else because that's really my only job.
1: That's amazing. And you have done this since 1991 and have had an extraordinary life, I know, you've told me. And then in the midst of this pandemic, you've applied the same principles in, as a, as in response to the craziness that's going on.
2: Yeah, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't, if there's fire and brimstone outside, trust God, clean house, work with others. Yeah. If there's peaceful blue skies, trust God, clean house, work with others. It doesn't, there's nothing that can happen that will affect or alter or budge my obligation as somebody who has been rescued and given all this house money to play with by God, that now I do try to live a life that was worth saving because that's why I end the shows with that because the most profound thing I ever heard was when my life started to get really good, I said, why was my life saved? And somebody said to me, it does not matter why your life was saved. It's the wrong thing to think about. What matters is that you try to live a life worth saving
1: you taught me that and I say that in meetings and um, you know and it's beautiful and it's such a wonderful message because those of us who do I know we have like 30 seconds but um, I'm just so grateful that I met you and I, I believe that you know because I followed my heart in doing this podcast I would have never met you and gotten to know you and and trust what was going on throughout the pandemic and that this has been this workshop has been a huge part of my life um through the pandemic it's really gotten me through um you know even the the past couple of weeks i've been having you know you know my depression has been like breaking through it's um, medication. I know a lot of people are experiencing that right now. Um, but I know there's a way to, to get out of that because you have shown, you have laid the tools at my feet and I know because somebody laid the tools at your feet.
2: Right. And and you know what, I mean, I, I know I have to jump off here literally any second now, but um, you know, you are laying the the tools at other people's feet and to watch you help you, you help, you won't say it, I don't think, but you helped so many people all the time now and I see it and I hear about it and I watch it and it's beautiful. And you and Jonathan mean a lot to my wife and me. And I just wanted to say I love you so so much.
1: Oh. Well we love you and your wife too so much. You're very important to us and um I'm just so grateful I know you but God put us in each other's lives. I
2: feel the same way about you, sir
1: Oh and can you say it for the listeners? Just-
2: Everything's okay. Everything is
1: okay. Oh, and with that, oh thank you again so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for that. All right, have a good day.
0: Well that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober gratitudes. podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.